Good afternoon, ladies and gents. It is Friday, June 24th, 2022. This is Blues Views uh, with some intraday comments. Kind of got a little bit of a late start today. So it's uh, 2 p.m. Central right now, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, so the market's going to close in about an hour. So I'm probably going to make this a short one. Um, as I've said in the past, I want to try to get two podcasts in a week. Uh, that seems to be uh, in line with what my schedule is permitting. Um, you know, obviously we've had a bit of a rally here. Um, you know, we, we came into this week looking for a rally and uh, we weren't really able to capitalize on very much from a trading point of view, uh, whether it was just a lack of patience. I think it really, to be honest, you know, as, as those of you who follow the Blue Shirt Plus Twitter feed know, we, we were long um, and I forget if it was Wednesday overnight or Tuesday overnight, but just the price action was terrible and, I, and we bailed. And of course, the stock, the market went right up <laughs> from there. So we kind of went into the week with the right read. We didn't execute against it very well from a trading point of view. Um, but, you know, I think in general, we've had a pretty good feel for what this tape is going to do. Um, and my attitude right now is we're kind of right smack in the middle here of no man's land. The S&P is trying to test 3,900. Uh, there's some important Fibonacci levels around here, some 21-day uh, exponential moving average. There, there's some resistance levels that uh, they've kept price capped for the most part today, but they're not major, super major resistance levels. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see us shoot through them here. Uh, it is a Friday. The VIX is down 8%. VVIX is hitting new lows every day, it seems. Um, so there just isn't a lot of fear right now. I mean, there's a lot of belief that the worst is all priced in. I think there's um, another, we're going through another bout here where people are like, we don't think the Fed is going to do what it says it's going to do. Um, people see the writing on the wall. They see the signs of recession growing and growing. People have not been able to wrap their minds around the notion of the Fed hiking in re during recessionary conditions. And I understand that, but I mean, you know, they got off to a, a slow start this year. They really did. And, and it really was just one of the worst screw-ups in central banking history, at least in this country. They got off to a slow start this year. They Then they had to catch up. And, and at the very least, at least they're moving in big chunks now. And I think that could partly be why we are getting a little bit of a rally here, is I think a little bit of confidence is being restored in this Fed that they're going to do what it takes to get inflation under control. Because uh, there's still signs out there. I mean, obviously, you know, oil has had a nice pullback here. It's trading 107. It was up in the, you know, the, the, the low 120s at one point. Um, you know, uh, agriculture has pulled back hard. Copper has pulled back hard. So there's been, on the commodity side, uh, a very sharp pullback in prices, uh, which understandably is putting some better cheer into equity investors. Now, the uptrend in commodities and remember, commodities are incredibly volatile historically, far more volatile than stocks. Um, and so I'm not going to sit here and rule out the possibility that, especially with governments all over the world doing, remember, you know, inflation is the one thing that all governments, even those that hate each other, can agree is a bad thing. <laughs> so governments all over the world are looking for ways to take the bite out of rising food prices, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think there probably is some manipulation going on, but, but not, not maybe just at the margin, not something that's going to really make a huge impact on prices for an extended period. But, um, you know, 
this, the notion of the Fed shorting oil futures, is, it doesn't even matter, okay? It really doesn't. At the end of the day, like central banks can come in like the BOJ does, like the Fed does, and you know chip away at the margin. Like with gold, they come in and they dump all this paper gold and it kind of frustrates and deters bulls and it prevents gold from, from running up too fast. Remember the Fed is all about rate of change. It doesn't care if gold and oil go up over time as long as it's gradual, nice and slow, and the economy can digest it. Um, and as I said on the last podcast, if you're the Fed, despite how awful you still look, <laughs> despite the fact that you're, you know, the, the market's confidence in you is probably at a multi-decade low. Uh, it's probably at the lowest it's been since the 70s. Um, you actually have to be pretty happy with how this year has gone this far. We've had a nice, steady, orderly decline in stocks, which, as we've discussed many times, were a major contributing factor to inflation, just too much wealth chasing, chasing too few goods and services, right? Especially on the good side, not so much the services side. Um, and, uh, you know, so we've had this gradual, orderly, slow grind lower. The VIX never got out of control. We haven't had this crazy waterfall price action. We haven't had, a, we still have not had a single limit down session this year. It's remarkable, especially considering the fact that we are unwinding a decade and a half of very, very dangerous monetary policy. And, and the market so far, like, yeah, I mean, I know, look, there's a lot of buy the dip types out there who have gotten absolutely run over. And, you know, I would never, um, I don't ever cheer for for pain for anyone. I don't, I don't care if they troll me or whatever. This is a hard game. I, would, I never cheer for pain for everyone, but I mean, you could just see this coming as the year went on. I mean, I, and the funny thing is, is that coming into this year, these, you know, mostly newer to trading uh, BTF deers, they've been told by bears for two years that the, the end is coming, the end is coming, repent, right? And it never did. The market just went straight up. So you understand why they continue to ignore the warning signs. But it was pretty, I thought it was pretty obvious that this to me was one of the most predictable bear markets I've ever been a part of. Or I've, I've ever seen. I haven't seen that many, but I've seen a few. Um, it's just the minute that the Fed took its, its foot off the gas, you knew that the smart money was going to start to take profit and come out of the market, you know, to, to degross or, you know, take some, take some profit, move the cash, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that certainly has happened. And, and of course, now there's, you know, we, the, the bulls have really had nothing but hope. And, you know, uh, these, Elias Sports Bureau like statistics, like when the S&P falls 27 days in a row on a Tuesday, when uh, the Fed governor is wearing a purple tie, it tends to rally in the next month, like stuff like that. That's all they've been able to hang their hat on. And I think that there is right now uh, a little bit of hope forming that this, that we may have bottomed, that this may have been the bottom. And I think it would be foolish for bears, of which I'm one, I don't think we have bottomed, but believe me, I'm spending time thinking like, okay, like trying to make the case for this being the bottom. Can I make a strong case? There is a case that can be made, you know, and ultimately it really just has, it comes down to psychology. Um, but, but at the end of the day, of course it comes down, it always comes down to psychology, but at the end of the day, I still think that this, you know, for, it seemed like for about a month there, the market started to take the Fed very seriously. And then they hiked 75. And now there's almost this belief that's come back where it's like, well, they're not going to do it again, even though they say they are or that they might. Or Fed funds futures are pricing it in. They're not really going to do it. 
so and and then up, oh, you know, September, forget it. They're just going to go. They might not even hike in September. Maybe they'll just go 25. So uh, you've already got people once again poo-pooing what the Fed may or may not do. Um, and as I said, even though they've had, they got, they were very slow starters this year. Um, I think just given the political climate, and and I'll make two points on the political thing. Inflation is horrible for incumbents. Period. It's not just so much about the party in power. The Democrats certainly have a lot more to lose from high inflation, but all incumbents, Republican and Democrat alike, have a lot to lose from high inflation. Okay, so it's a g- generic or general political issue here, getting inflation under control. All this stuff about, oh, they're never going to hike so close to the midterms, I think it's absolute nonsense. This is a nonpartisan issue. All incumbents want to see inflation move lower. I really believe that. They are going to be held accountable by their constituents. Republicans are not doing enough uh, uh, to you know, fight the Democrats on it or pass legislation or who, or who knows, whatever. And of course, you know, the Democratic incumbents are going to take a lot of heat for it, too. Uh, this is just what happens. You know, the party in power takes a big hit, but incumbents in general tend to get tossed to the side of the road when inflation is a real problem like it is now. Just go back and look at the 70s. It's the same thing. Incumbents across the board got tossed on their butts. Uh, it, it, yes, there was a party, uh, it was a correlation with, with various parties at various points in that decade, but for the most part, it was just anti-incumbent. So I think that's really what we're looking at here is an anti-incumbent uh, movement coming in November. And it leaves the Fed in a position where all it has to worry about is getting inflation under control. It doesn't have to worry about being seen as partisan, wanting the Republicans to take Congress or wanting the Democrats to keep Congress. It just needs to be seen as acting in the American public's best interest. Yes, I think that the Fed is uncomfortable hiking in this environment. I think that they understand finally that they don't really have a choice. They're going to have to keep doing this. Like we know they're playing chicken with some very, very big, (laughs) immovable, seemingly immovable, potentially immovable objects. I mean, just the balance of payments in this country, the the deficits that we have, I mean, the the math doesn't add up. We're not going to be able to fund our deficits at these higher interest rates for a sustained period of time. So, you know, people kind of see the writing on the wall that this this hike cycle is not going to be sustained probably beyond this year. But I think there are already people who are saying they're getting close to throwing in the towel. Uh, You know, of course, these are the same people who six months ago said inflation had peaked. And that you know we're bullish the whole year um you know i don't know it'll depend on what the data shows it'll depend on what the market does but my attitude has been all year and remains this if the market holds up the way it has you know relatively uh you know panicless grinds lower followed by the occasional bounce orderly bear market grind it gives the Fed the option to continue hiking. I mean, no matter what they say, you bet your butt they are watching the S&P 500 very closely. If we were already down at 31, 3200, I think the outlook for monetary policy would be very different. You know, um, there's no question. I mean, they're, they're making several implicit bets here by moving as slowly as they have. And they're hoping that they won't have to follow through much beyond what they're going to be forced to do this summer, I think. You know, real rates are positive across various parts of the curve, not the entire curve, but certain parts of the curve. I think that's progress. I think they're going to want to push real rates 
uh, into positive territory across the entire curve before they're probably done. But again, you know, it'll be risk markets allowing, right? Right now, risk markets have allowed them to take this gradual approach to throw a couple of haymakers, and we've been able to hold things have held up. Even with LQD and HYG getting absolutely hammered, even with credit default swaps, just you know, going parabolic, stocks somehow have held in there. Uh, and I think there probably are several explanations for that. We're going to get into that at another time. But here we are on a Friday in one of the last Fridays. I think it is the last Friday in June for the market. Uh, and it's a typical kind of VIX crush Friday with a, with a grind upward here. Um, this could continue into next week. We all know what goes around. Excuse me. We all know what, what, know what goes on around quarter ends with the pensions rebalancing. But remember, we had that huge rally the last two weeks of March, but that was a quarter of a trillion dollars in pension buying. This time around, the estimates I've seen are like 30 billion. They're like, you know, barely a tenth of what they were. Uh, but, you know, this is the summer. These are less liquid. These were already horribly illiquid markets all year. They're even less liquid now. So 30 billion is going to push the tape a little bit more than, uh, than it might have three months ago. So just things to keep in mind. But at the end of the day, um, I, you know, the thing that I keep coming back to is uh, I, I really think the Fed, the Fed, as I've said since December, I think they're going to grab as much powder as they can while they can. And right now they have a window to keep grabbing. The window may be gone by September, but for right now, it's still there. They can still get away with it. So I think, yes, they will hike 75 in July, depending on what, what happens with commodities and stuff here over the next month. The market may take that as bullish. We'll see. As I said, there is a case to be made that, the, that a bottom is in here, a longer term bottom. The problem that I have, the reason that I think new lows are coming is number one, that outflows from equity funds globally have barely begun to turn negative. The money was pouring into stocks all throughout Q1. And then we had the you know, hedge funds started to liquidate like crazy in the last six weeks of Q1. And really, over it's just in the last couple of months that we've seen the beginning of an exodus from equity funds. That's number one. Number two, out-year estimates remain way too high. Analysts are living in la-la land. The trend all year has been estimates for 2022, 23, and 24 moving higher. It's just a complete clown show. All right, so they have to come way down. I think we're probably going to see anywhere from 7 to 10% earnings declines this year. We may see another small decline next year. It's not pretty. Now, once the market feels comfortable with what's being modeled and, ex and, and what's expected, it will shrug those off and it's happy to trade at higher multiples because there's a, there's a, a modicum of certainty and comfort that's been restored. But while these consensus numbers remain so in la-la land, I think the market and the sell side will continue to drag their feet. They're all waiting for Q3 numbers, excuse me, Q2 numbers, Q3 guidance. We may see a huge throwing in of the towel by the sell side based on Q3, Q4 guidance. And again, that that's, you know, the sell side has to capitulate. And once they do, that's, that's a big obstacle out of the way for the bulls. So there are some things here that uh, could get the ball rolling to get, you know, get that could allow the market, even with much higher rates, to trade at something closer to 16, 17, 18 times earnings. Um, so, you know, our strategy, as again, those of you who follow the Blue Shirt Plus feed know, um, you know, we've been kind of playing both sides, 
frankly, it hasn't been very successful. We've been too cute in and out too much. Uh, we are selling into this rally. We are looking to build up one more big short position for one more leg down. You know, I think 3,400 is probably going to get tested. I probably wouldn't push my luck too far beyond that. I do think barring a really sharp and sudden slowdown in economic activity, and I don't mean the Atlanta Fed GDP now going below zero. Okay, that's just, those numbers, they're not useless. And, and that's all we have, which is why people watch them. But like, no, I'm talking about like, you know, an ISM number, a PMI number coming in way below consensus. Um, something that really shows, and there, and there are some signs that something like that could happen here in the next couple of months. But for now, um, I lost track of what I was going to say. <laughs> I think, oh, sorry, barring that kind of a slowdown, I think you're going to see rates continue to grind higher. I do think the 10-year will get within shouting distance of 4% before all is said and done. I'm not sure the economy can handle anything more than that, to be honest. Anyway, we're at 15 minutes. I did want to keep it a little shorter today. Uh, everyone have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.